Good morning, good morning. I always feel a little bit like a communist dictator when you guys have to clap for me and you don't have any choice, but it's awesome to be here. Super excited to be a part of this Revelation series. Can we just honor Pastor Brent and like the soul work he's been doing with us in the series? Like, it's awesome. Revelation is, uh, is a scary book. Like those are some waters that are like, like to freak pastors out, all right, because it's so mysterious. And I feel like what we've been learning and what we've been working through, like the, the soul work that has been happening in this life and this season of our church, like I don't think there's a more appropriate place for us to land because God's calling us into big and amazing things. Amen. And the territory that he's already been, been charting for us has been incredible, but we're believing that there's so much more. And this season in the life of our church, is going to be a, is a massive game changer. So I've been enjoying this series and like we had, we've been learning to manage the pressures in our life. Do you remember that? Like Pastor Brent said, we need a bigger container. He was spilling water all over the place up here. And then uh, last week we got those white stones. Anybody still have your white stone? We picked those up and we repented and we turned and it's been, it's been incredible. We've been working through the letters to the seven churches in Revelation, all right? If you're new and you're just catching up, that's what we've been doing. And there's a fourth letter that's coming and I'm going to save that for Pastor Brent next weekend after Actually, I'm not going to jump into that fourth letter today, but what I want to do, and if it's cool with you, I'm just going to jump right in and start preaching. Is that all right? Will you guys give me permission to do that today? Yeah. A bunch of, I know I usually do a bunch of jokes and stuff like that, but we're just going to jump into it today, all right? And uh, there's a phrase that I want us to highlight and to notice that is repeated in every single one of these seven letters to the churches in Revelation, all right? Some of you keeners probably already been reading ahead and you've probably already noticed this or figured out and you've got it underlined and circled in there, but it's a phrase that the Apostle John wrote into every single one of these seven letters to the churches toward the end of the letter. And it's this, we see it for the first time in Revelation chapter two, verse seven, right here. Anyone with ears to hear must listen to the spirit and understand what he's saying to the churches. And then it sort of changes depending on what letter he's in. But that phrase right there, that sentence, anyone with ears to hear must listen to the spirit and understand what he's saying to the churches is repeated in every one of the seven letters. So anything in the Bible, like this is a little pro tip for you when you're reading your Bible, if anything is repeated often and regularly, then it must be really important and something really matters there. And so if you read through like the entire theme of scriptures, like you are going to find out pretty quickly that we serve a speaking God. Amen. He doesn't just speak once and then expect us to remember it forever, but he's a constantly speaking and communicating God. He's, he's not even just a God that communicates like through his will or through his thoughts and just by making things happen, but even from the very beginning, it was clear that God like uses words and, 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 and is verbal in the way that he communicates with us. Like even in Genesis and creation, it says that God said, let there be light, and then there was light, Right? And then he began to speak and form creation out of the power of his voice. And everything that we see and know and understand and hold valuable in our lives today is something that he spoke into creation with the power of his voice. He's a speaking God. But then at the same time, there's all that power in his voice and that majesty in his voice. But then he created us. He created man and he created woman. And then he walked and he talked with them in the garden in an intimate relationship, right? You remember that story in Genesis? Like there was a, a personal relationship, a conversational relationship. There's, there's a nuance to the voice of God. It's all powerful, but yet it's personal and it's, it's intimate. And we see in the book of Exodus on Mount Sinai, the nation of Israel is surrounded there and God's voice is ringing out from this mountain. And it says it rang like peals of thunder, like so much so that it was terrifying. People were literally running and scattering for their lives. Be like, Moses, we're not going up there. Like, I, I ain't doing it, right? Moses, you go up on the mountain, you talk to God because we're too scared. Like we'll die if we go up there. Like the voice was so 
powerful. But then in 1 Kings, just keep, keep on trucking through the Old Testament of 1 Kings, you'll see the prophet Elijah has this encounter with God and there's a great earthquake and there's a fire and there's a mighty rushing wind. But as some of you know it, the voice of God comes in a still, small whisper right? There's like a cadence and a nuance to the way that God communicates with us and the way that God communicates with his people. All the prophets throughout all of the Old Testament, God chooses to communicate through his own creation. He chooses to communicate through men and women who were his mouthpieces. And they would say, thus saith the Lord and hear the word of the Lord that God chose to speak directly through his own creation. It was a way that he communicated with us. And then even in the New Testament, and John, the Gospel of John, the same John who wrote Revelation, he started his book in chapter 1, verse 1, by saying, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was describing Jesus Christ as what? A Word, right? He's a speaking God. He's a, he's a communicating God. And then in Acts, we see after Jesus had, had died and resurrected and ascended back to heaven and left those early church leaders in charge that the Holy Spirit fell on them on the day of Pentecost, Right? And that they begin to speak in the tongues of men and angels. It was like tongues of fire that were resting on them. And as the spirit uttered them, they spoke and they communicated to the rest of the world. God has always been and always will be a speaking God. And John repeats to every single one of the churches in Revelation, anyone with ears to hear must listen to the spirit and understand what he's saying to the churches, understand what he's saying to us today. The church is not a place, right? You know that? The church is a people. The church is us. The church was in Revelation. The church is us today and God is speaking to us and communicating to us and here's the thing about this is that it's one thing to hear and it's another thing to listen isn't it any wives want to testify to that today like just because he heard what you said doesn't mean he was actively listening right and our parents our kids do it too like I don't know how many millions of times do I have to tell you to get in that bathroom and brush your teeth before I go postal up in this piece right now like like just they heard me say it I know they heard me say it but they're not listening right I've read all kinds of amazing books and I'm like, oh man, this is, this is such a great concept and this is gonna change my life and like, this is, this is the most helpful thing I've ever read and then a week later, I've forgotten all about it, right? Because I, I heard what it said and I thought, oh, that's, it resonated, but then I didn't listen. I didn't take any of the changes that were proposed and put them into practice in my life and we do this in church all the time, don't we guys? Let's just be honest and real. There's a lot of us that have been coming to church for a while and the experience feels great and it's awesome. Maybe we have our white stone moment and we have these big Holy Spirit encounters and oh, nothing's gonna be the same, but a lot of weeks, let's just be real in church, a lot of weeks, by the time we get to the parking lot, it's long gone. By the time we pick up our kids, have a little argument with our, our, our loved one maybe, right? And we get there and what's for lunch and all that. Like all those things just come in and they, they, they sort of rob the seeds of truth that are deposited in us. Like we hear amazing truth. Like coming to church is half the battle. That's an amazing start, but it's more than just hearing. We've got to listen and understand, right? Listening and understanding takes it and cements it and drives it home. It changes us. It changes our life. It affects who we are. And that's what John was saying to the churches here. You've got to hear, but you've got to listen listen and understand what the Spirit is saying. And it's easy to hear sometimes. Hearing is half the battle. You showed up today. Congratulations. You are hearing, right? But we've got to take it beyond hearing and learn to listen and understand what it is that the Spirit is saying to us. An amazing word is incredible, but there's an enemy that wants to snatch 
the seeds of truth that are being sown into you, right? Even Jesus knew this. Jesus taught about this in the, in the parable of the farmer who sowed the seeds in the book of Matthew chapter 13. Jesus said, listen to the, example, the explanation about a parable of this farmer. He said, the seed that fell on the footpath represents those who hear the message about the kingdom but don't understand it. And then the evil one comes and snatches away the seed that was placed in their hearts. Like we, we, there's an enemy that is alive and active that the best thing that he could do is to snatch away the seeds of truth that are sown into you before they have a chance to take root and to grow into something that's full of life and vitality. Like if he can get us distracted, you can be taking notes on your phone. You're like, oh man, this is the best sermon I ever heard Pastor Brent preach. This is gonna change my life. And then all of a sudden a text comes in from your ex-boyfriend and now you're emotionally compromised, right? And you're all distracted and, and befuddled and, and like it's just little things like that. If, if, if Satan can do that to trip us up, if he can make your kids kick you in the shins when you go to pick them up from KC Kids and like you start forgetting about all the amazing work that just happened, like why wouldn't he do that? Why wouldn't he snatch those seeds of truth before they had a chance to change your life for forever? And if we can learn to take not just what we're hearing, but apply it and listen and understand, it's going to absolutely change the game. And Jesus taught on this all the time. Jesus preached the greatest sermons ever preached. Like all the rest of us are just trying to live up to Jesus and follow in his footsteps and come somewhere close to like exemplifying his teachings. Like Jesus was the greatest preacher of all time, but he didn't just have incredible content. He understood and he knew that people coming to hear my content and receive the truths that I'm sowing into them isn't enough, that it actually has to seep into your heart and into your soul. You've got to listen and understand. Jesus was constantly saying, hear and listen, hear and listen. Take what you're hearing and put it into practice. Like, leaf through the Gospels. There was rarely a sermon that Jesus preached where he didn't say, you've got to take this and you've got to drive it deeper. You've got to do the work of applying it to your life. And it struck me when I was looking at this phrase in Revelation chapter 2 that says, anyone with ears to hear must listen and understand what the Spirit is saying to the churches. It struck me that John, as a disciple, as a friend of Jesus, someone who walked and talked with Jesus, one of the 12, like John in his own gospel referred to himself as the one who Jesus loved. Like that was the level of intimacy and friendship and relationship that he had with Jesus Christ. And that when he wrote that to every single one of those seven churches, anyone with ears to hear must listen and understand what the Spirit is saying. Like, he was just repeating something that he probably heard Jesus say a thousand times. That it's not enough just to hear an amazing truth. It's not enough just to receive an incredible word. That we've got to listen and understand. And we've got to drive it home in our hearts and in our lives and allow it to change who we are. And it wasn't just John that understood this either. As a disciple of Jesus, there was a man named James who was a, the actual brother of Jesus. And I always have loved the book of James. It's always been an incredible inspiration for me because if James was the brother of Jesus and he came to the conclusion that Jesus was the Messiah and the savior of all mankind. Like if you can convince your brother that you're the Messiah, then you must be the real deal, right? Because no one's going to be more skeptical than James. And if James was in, I'm like, all right, he knew something. Like, I, I, I can trust what this guy's saying. And he said, understand this, my dear brothers and sisters. You must all be quick to listen. We've heard this, haven't we? Slow to speak and slow to become angry. It's invaluable advice. But it's in verse 22 where he really drives it home. He says, but don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. Otherwise, you're only fooling yourselves. For if you listen to the word and don't obey, it's like glancing at your face in a mirror. You see yourself, you walk away, 
but then you forget what you look like. It sounds ridiculous, but it's a great illustration. But if you look carefully into the perfect law that sets you free, and if you do what it says, and you don't forget what you heard, then God will bless you for doing it. So there's a formula right there that he just gave us to receive a blessing. Did you see that? He said, if you look carefully, is the first one. And then he said, if you do what it says, right? And you, what? Don't forget what you heard, then God will, what? There it is. There's your formula. If you look carefully, you do what it says, and you don't forget, then God will bless you. From the brother of Jesus, he knew and understand that. If you want a blessing, then we've got to pay attention. We've got to listen and understand what it's saying. We've got to apply it to our life. And listen, I know hearing and listening are not the same thing. My kids hear me say a lot of stuff. They don't always listen, especially not the first time, right? But they'd be better off if they would. They'd be better off if they trusted someone who loves them, someone who would give their life for them, someone who would die for them, someone who has their best interests at heart, someone who just wants them to, to flourish and be full of health and vitality. Like, they'd always be better off if they listened to what I'm instructing them in, right? And the same is true with us and the voice of God in our life. And so the big question that comes out of all this is, okay, so how do we, how do we hear the voice of God? Yeah, we can come to church and we can hear an amazing sermon, but like how do we learn to hear and walk in the voice of God in the everyday? If God is a communicating and he's a speaking God and it's happening in real time and it's not just words that he's spoken in the past, but he's got now words, he's got rhema words for every single one of us, how do we learn as individuals to hear the voice of God in our own lives because I've had this question from many people in the church many many times like how do I how do I actually hear the voice of God how does that actually work like is it is it audible is it is it only in dreams like how, how do I hear God speaking to me and I, I would think if we're being just real in church and I hope we can be that there's probably a couple of groups that are represented today one group would be a group that would say you know what I don't know if I've ever heard God speak directly to me like individually I don't know, maybe I, I believe it probably happens for other people, and I think I've seen it happen for other people, but I'm not sure if I've ever heard God speak directly to me, and you're not alone if that's you, all right? Maybe you pray, and prayer is like something you've, you've tried, but if you're just being honest, it feels like you're kind of lobbing some Hail Marys up there and hoping it hits something and shakes it loose and it falls down on me, but if I'm being honest, it just feels kind of like a one-sided, I'm saying a lot, I'm doing all the talking, but I'm not getting a lot of response in return. Like, that's one group of us. The other group are my dear friends who, like, you just hear from God on everything, right? Like, you can't go to Sobeys and buy potato chips without hearing from Jesus about it. Like, it's going to be wavy lays and not ruffles this week, right? And, like, go through the Tim Hortons drive through I don't know if it's going to be a sour cream glaze or a chocolate glaze, glaze today. Like, oh, there it is. Jesus said chocolate glaze. All right, let's do that right? Let's just hear from God on everything. And so I, I, think, I think the balance is somewhere right down the middle, right? That God speaks and he communicates and he wants to talk to you. He wants to, he, he desires that relationship with you, that intimate, personal relationship. That's what you were created for, to know him and to communicate with him. Like we've seen that so clearly. So how do we learn to hear God's voice? And I just want to give us some extremely simple and practical handles today for ways that we can hear and recognize God's voice. Is that, is that cool? Can we do that? All right, awesome. So first one is this. Some of you guys are really going to like this and some of you guys are going to hate this, all right? So first thing you got to do is rest, all right? First thing we got to do is learn to get quiet and learn to be still and learn to take a break and learn to take a pause. Because here's the thing. 
I don't know about you, but I like to talk a lot, right? And let's be honest, we like to hear ourselves talk, don't we? Even the introverts, like we, what we have to say and our own opinions are extremely important to us. And if we don't learn to rest and be more concerned with what God has to say and what God thinks than what we have to say and what we think, then we'll probably never be able to clearly hear the voice of God. We've got to take the moments to say, okay, God, listen, I, I want to be more concerned with what you say than what I have to say, with your opinion than my opinion. Revelation 2.7 didn't say anyone with a mouth to talk must speak, right? I didn't read that in there anywhere. I heard anyone with ears to hear must listen and understand, right? Like it takes, you can't, you can't listen until you shut up, right? Let's be honest. I wasn't allowed to say shut up in church, so I thought I'd try that out here today. <laughs> when I was growing up, like I would have got a spanking for that when I got home, but... I can say it now because I'm a grown man. Take that, mom, all right, for watching online. <laughs> but we can't listen until we're quiet, right? It just can't happen. Like, think, what, what's the first thing you do if you, what's the first thing you do if you think you heard something and you want to hear more? What do you do? It's like, shh, quiet, right? Like, you're, you're walking through the woods at nighttime, right? You're a little scared, a little nervous, and you hear a twig snap off in the bushes. What do you do? You're like, Your friend Steve starts talking. You're like, shh, shh, Steve, Steve, shut up. Listen, did you hear that? And he just keeps going. There's always that guy. Shut up, Steve. We're going to die. And like, you're just like listening, right? Like, there's, we, we instinctively know that there's something in us that knows that if we want to hear and understand what's happening around us, that we've got to get still and we've got to get quiet, right? Like, everything else has to stop and go on pause for just a second. It's how we ascertain our surroundings. It's how we learn what's happening around us, right? And if I read through the scriptures so many times, the most potent and powerful encounters and clear communications that God has with his people are in quiet and lonely moments. Like, even with the prophet Elijah, we already talked about in the book of First Kings, like, there's this quiet, lonely moment in a cave when God shows up and he speaks in a still, small voice and just a whisper in a lonely moment, right? Even when John wrote Revelation, where was he? We learned this in week one with Pastor Brent, right? He was on the Isle of Patmos. He was exiled there by himself. And that's when God showed up and gave him this amazing unveiling that we're still learning from thousands of years later. Paul wrote most of the epistles, most of the books in the New Testament from a jail cell. Like Jesus, even on his own, like he had so many moments where he would withdraw to lonely places to be with the Father and hear from the Father. Like rest is a discipline. Rest is a way that we can surefire begin to stop and grow still and begin to hear the voice of God. And rest is now, it's a skill, all right? Because quiet doesn't happen on its own in our world any longer. Like it's extinct naturally, all right? There's too much Wi-Fi, too much connectivity, too much streaming for it just to happen naturally. Like we've got, it's a discipline that we have to seek after and that we have to intentionally build into our lives. But it's the greatest tool we've got to hear from God and to hear his voice. Because here's the thing, we've got to learn to rely more on what we're hearing from God than what we're seeing in front of us. Because if I live my life based on what I can see and all the reasons why I shouldn't be able to accomplish this and all the reasons why I can't be good enough and all the reasons why I can't resist the temptations that are around me, then all of the things that I see closing in around me, everything that's evil and broken and messy and difficult and, and, and scary in the world around me, all of that will cause my ears to be deafened to what it is that God is saying to me. My eyes will deceive me. 
My eyes will play tricks on me, right? Because I'll see all the reasons why I can't and all the reasons why I shouldn't and all the reasons why I'm not worthy, but the voice of God says something different. He's got a message of hope for every single one of us. Sometimes the best way to achieve victory and to achieve breakthrough in your life is just to stop hustling for a second, to stop striving, to stop trying to make it work. Like some of the most stressful seasons of my life when things like anxiety and fear and worry and doubt and all that start to creep in or when I'm trying to make things happen on my own, when I'm just striving and I'm working and I'm trying to do it on my own power and my own volition and my own talent, my own ability, like that's when all of that stuff starts to creep in and begin to crush and destroy me, right? Listen, it's not unlike the greatest movie of all time, The Empire Strikes Back, all right? <laughs> Any Star Wars fans out there, I apologize for all you uh, losers who don't like Star Wars, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to nerd out here for just a second, all right? Because like, there's a moment in The Empire Strikes Back, which is the greatest Star Wars movie, just saying, and uh, it's when Luke meets Yoda in that nasty swamp. You remember that? It's actually the Dagobah system, all right? You're very impressed that I know that name, I can tell. You're not judging me at all. But Luke arrives there, and he meets Master Yoda, and he begins his training as a Jedi, right? And Yoda's trying to teach Luke Skywalker how to overcome the obstacles around us and take him through this whole training course and these rocks and these trees and all these jumps and things like that. And Luke's like, ah, I can't do it. It's too hard. He was so whiny, right? And it's like, I just, I, I can't do it. And then Yoda tells him, like, just stop striving, stop struggling, stop trying so hard and just close your eyes and feel it, right? Just close your eyes and reach out with the force. And unfortunately, the force isn't a real thing because I've tried, believe me. But... Sometimes we just need to close our eyes and get quiet with the Father and stop struggling and stop trying to make it happen on our own and stop seeing all the trees like Luke's all the trees and the rocks and the branches and the swamps and the nasty creatures that wanted to eat them and stop seeing all the things around me that tell me that I can't and just get quiet and hear the voice of the Father who tells me that I can't and hear his will for my life, and hear what it is he's going to speak to me in the still and the quiet and the soft moments and the lonely moments of my life. Paul said it like this in 2 Corinthians. He said, we walk by faith and not by sight. Amen? We don't live our lives based on what we see around us. We live our lives based on what God has spoken over us. Don't just see the obstacles that are in front of you. Hear his voice all around you. Hear what he's speaking over your life. Like close your eyes to all the reasons why not and hear him telling you what's true and what's good and what he wants from your life, all right? I need to talk to my overachiever friends for a second. All of you workaholics, all of you Enneagram type threes, all right? Your rest has got to become a priority over your productivity. It just has to. Productivity is amazing. Productivity is great. I'm an Enneagram type three. I live for that. Like it's like we get value from that. That's how things work. That's how the world goes around. But if I think that I am too busy to rest, then I am too busy to get blessed, all right? That's good preaching. I'm going to say that again. Like, if you think you're too busy to rest, then you're too busy to get blessed, right? Like, this is, rest is a discipline. It's not for the weak. It's not what you do if you have time left over. It's how you intentionally hear the voice of the Father in your life, right? If you want to hear from God, you've got to learn to rest, to make it a priority in your life. And the second thing you've got to do is this, because rest on its own isn't good enough, right? That's just, that's just mindfulness and meditation on its own, right? And I'm not talking about hot yoga and deep breathing here, all right? Like, you've got to rest and you've got to get quiet, but when we rest, we've got to learn to recognize the voice of the Father when he draws close, right? 
We've got to learn to recognize his voice when he's speaking to us. We've got to learn to know it's God when he's talking and it's him that's speaking to us. Because here's the thing, the problem is never, like if you feel like God's not speaking to you, the problem is never that God's not speaking to you because he always is. The problem is that we haven't learned to recognize his voice. We haven't learned what his voice sounds like. We haven't honed that skill. We haven't gotten really good at dialing it in. The more time we spend in the presence of Jesus, the more time we spend hearing from the master and learning from the master, the more we get to know him, all right? Jesus taught this in the Gospel of John. Again, the same guy who wrote Revelation. Jesus said, my sheep listen to my voice and I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life and they will never perish. No one can snatch them away from me. Like when sheep learn the voice of the good shepherd, that's when they're safe, right? Like no one can take you from the hands of Jesus. You know his voice and you draw close and you're constantly dialing in to what it is he's saying to you. Life begins to change. Life begins to transform. Things just begin to fall into place. It doesn't mean life's always perfect, but it means no one can take you from the hands of the good shepherd, amen? It's kind of like uh, it's kind of like antennas. Anybody old enough to remember antennas? Like I'm actually old enough to remember antennas. Like kids, they were these things that we had to like take up on our roofs, and it was like this massive like metal spider web kind of contraption thing. You always had a guy up on the roof like trying to twist this thing and turn it around somehow, and somebody inside being like, "Nope, stop!" Like that's good, or like the, and the lines are getting all fuzzy. Like move it a little over, and like, "No, no, stop, stop!" Right? Yelling outside so that somebody can. What did you say? Like, amazing. And, or remember, remember rabbit ears? I don't even remember rabbit ears. Like, the little ones that sat on top of the TV. At least you didn't have to go up on the roof then, right? But I remember those. And, like, you would, like, you'd try to, like, angle those things the right way. And it's like, if I pinch this and I tweak this a little bit, and, like, balls of tinfoil everywhere, because that helps some reason. I don't know why. It's like, if I hold on to it and I lift my right leg just a little bit, right? Then I could watch CBC. It's like, I had to stand there like this the whole time. But, like, my picture came in perfect clear, Right? Like that's how, that's how, but we learned, didn't we? We learned how to tune in our favorite stations. And the more we did it and the more we played with it, we learned the rhythm and the cadence a little bit. We learned how to get the desired outcome. When my friends came over, they had no idea how to use my rabbit ears, but I sure did, all right? It's like, just do this right here and like, you're good to go, right? That's all you gotta do. Because I'd practiced and because I'd learned, right? I'd learned to tune the signal that I desired. I knew my destination and I knew how to get there. Listen, don't be quick to dismiss the random thoughts that come across your heart and across your mind. When it comes to hearing from God, listen, you are a perfect creation made on purpose for a purpose. And so to me, that tells me that the impressions that come on your heart and the things that cross your mind are not only a gift, but they're also a method of communication from the Father. That he can put those thoughts and minds into your heart. That he can put an impression and he can give you sort of an inkling or a desire to do something or to, or to, do, or to go somewhere, to say something. And uh, I'm not saying that every single thing you think is from Jesus, all right? Because some of you guys are like, Pastor, this past Friday night, I was thinking about some stuff that I'm pretty sure wasn't from Jesus, right? And uh, you're right, not everything you think is from Jesus, but it could be. And so how do you figure out, if you've got a thought that you think, all right, is this actually God speaking to me? The first thing you do is you test it against the scriptures, right? You take the word of God and say, does this line up? Because one thing God will never do, he's never done, and he's not going to make an exception for you, I apologize, is he's never going to contradict himself. He will never speak a now word to you that contradicts what he has already said in the past, what he's already said in scripture scripture. 
If somebody else tells you that God is speaking to them on your behalf and they're sharing something with you, you test it against the scriptures. That's how you know, right? And if it contradicts that in any way, shape, or form, then it's a lie and it's not true. And you might as well just dump it and keep on your merry way. But if you get something and it lines up, and you're like, oh man, I kind of think God might have put this in my heart or in my mind. And you test it against the scriptures and you're like, yeah, this is it. Like this works, this lines up. Then like you run after that, you press into that, you lean into that, you chase that down because that could very well be the voice of God in your life leading you and directing you. You've got to just, you've got to like work the system a little bit. You learn how to dial the antenna. It's kind of like caller ID. Remember, I also remember when caller ID came on phones, it ended prank calls forever for me as a kid. Remember the first time I called like my mom's friend and I said some dumb stuff and I hung up and she called right back. I was like, did you just call here? I was like, uh, no. She's like, well, your number's right here on my phone. And I was like, oh, what the heck is this evil technology, right? He's like, caller ID. But before the days of caller ID, do you remember like answering the phone and all someone that you knew and loved well had to do was say hello and you recognized their voice, Right. Like now we never answer the phone without knowing who it is first. But back in the day, we had to learn to recognize people's voices and to know their voices, right? People that we talked with a lot, people that we cared about, people that were important to us, we recognized their voice. And it's the same is true with Jesus. If you think what you're hearing is lining up, if you think what you're thinking is lining up with the scriptures or what someone else shares with you is lining up with the scriptures, then run after it. It could be an absolute game changer for you. So we've got to rest and we've got to recognize. And the next thing we've got to be willing to do when God speaks to us, or we think we hear the voice of God, is uh, something that's going to be a little bit more difficult for us, right? Something that's going to take a little bit of work as we've got to be okay with releasing some things in our life. And I'm not just talking about the obvious stuff. I'm not just talking about the big things, all the sinful stuff and all of that. Like there are some things that we enjoy holding on to that we maybe even think are healthy and good for us and helpful for us right now that we may be called to release, all right? Like I think about when I'm traveling, I like to travel, I like to travel light. Like carry on is my jam, right? If I get to fly by myself, I'm gonna cram anything, I, like everything's going into that carry on because I'm not checking a bag, right? And I can just stroll through the airport and it's like, like no worries, just one little tiny bag and stow that bad boy in the overheads and like no worries, life is easy, life is good. But then I had kids, all right? Anybody ever fly with like babies, like when they're still in like strollers and car seats? Dear Lord. It's like I, I went from like a carry-on bag to now I'm like one of those friggin' pack mules in the Grand Canyon, right? And I'm just like, like I got like two strollers and like for some reason four car seats because you need a booster and a car seat, right? And like backpacks and like giant suitcases and everything. And like Carrie's keeping both kids alive and they're shoving like snacks in her ears. God bless her. But I'm like back there like just like, just like burdened under all of these, these weights, right? And I find like there's no better feeling than when I get up to like that, that like check-in station and I'm just like, just so like, see you later, right? And walk away and it's like, oh, it just feels so good to be free of all of that junk, all those things that I was carrying. I'm not a pack mule. I'm a human being with, with feelings and needs, right? <laughs> but sometimes like we carry around a whole bunch of stuff that just weighs us down, right? Like, like it just makes it more difficult for us to navigate. Like we can't, we can't move. It's, it's hard to move and flow with the spirit quickly and follow his leading when we feel like we're tied down to a whole bunch of stuff. 
stuff that feels good and stuff that is important to us and stuff that feels safe and feels extremely comfortable. Sometimes we've got to be called to let go of some of that stuff. One of the things that you're going to figure out pretty quickly that if you want to hear from the voice of God is he doesn't let you stay in what we like to call the comfort zone for very long, right? Because he pushes us out of our comfort zone. And what's the first thing that nails you in the face when you step outside of your comfort zone? It's fear, right? Because now everything is unfamiliar. Everything is new. We've never been here before. We've never done this before. Like even simple things in your life. When you're ever doing something for the very first time, there's always a little element of mystery to it, right? Because we're not exactly sure how this is going to turn out because we can't guarantee it because we haven't done it before. We're not in our comfort zone any longer. And we've got to be willing, when it comes to hearing from the voice of God, to be willing to risk, be willing to step outside of our comfort zone, be willing to, to risk beyond recovery. Like God's going to call us to do some things as a church. God is going to call us to do some things as an individual that's going to get to a place where it's like, God, if I say yes to this, like, and you don't show up, and you don't make this happen, and you don't lead the way, then we're sunk. Like, this is not going to happen without you. And, like, that's a scary place to be, but that's exactly where he takes us so many times because that's where we grow, right? That's where we learn. That's, that's really the sweet spot. That's where the magic happens. Like, if you ask anybody who you would regard in your life as someone who knows God and walks closely with God, and I guarantee you if they're worth their weight, they will tell you that those difficult seasons, those frightening seasons, the ones where we're outside of our comfort zone and it's unfamiliar territory and we've risked beyond recovery, and we stepped out in faith, those are the seasons that are the most game-changing for our faith. Those are the seasons that are most game-changing for our journey because we're trusting in God. We're beginning to release some of the things that we thought were important. Listen, a now word that I know God has for somebody this week, and I don't know if it's for someone in the room right now. I don't know if it's somebody watching on Facebook. I'm not sure if it's someone who's watching on YouTube a week from now, all right? But what I know is that some of us are being called to release false comfort, to release false peace, release false joy, release false contentment, like things that we thought mattered, things that we thought that we needed, things that we thought that we had to have to make life work. And God's saying, no, 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 you've accepted a cheap counterfeit. You've got a knockoff. You think it's important. You think it's valuable. You think it makes a difference, but you've accepted a fake and some of us are going to be called to release some of, those, some of those counterfeits, some of those knockoffs that we've been holding on to for a long time and we didn't even realize were slowing us down because we've gotten so familiar with it. When God speaks, we've got to be willing to release what he calls us to release. I'm not saying you've got to throw everything in your life away, but I'm just saying that there's going to be those moments. If you really desire to hear from God, you've got to be ready to release some stuff when he speaks and when he calls you to it. And then, like, somebody's asking, like, what, what about the seasons in life when it's, really, when it's really hard? Like, when you're going through it, when you're up against it, when you're in the middle of a trial or a diagnosis, or you're walking through the fire. Like, what's it look like to hear from God in moments like that? Because, like, the noise of the world is, is louder around me now than it's ever been at any other time in my life. How do, I, how do I hear from God? And in those kind of moments, all God needs to know is, will you trust him? Will you give him your ear? Will you, will you draw close? Will you still give him the moments to rest? Will you still strive to recognize his voice even in that season? Because once he hears that, once he knows you're ha he has your ear, he's the one who's going to show up. He's going to bring the provision. He's going to do the restoration. He's going to provide the miracle. He's going to do, like, whatever needs to happen in your life. He will do the heavy lifting. 
That's his desire, right? But he just wants to know, will we listen? Will we understand? Will we hear his promises? We've got to be willing to release some things that he calls us to release. And the last thing is this, and bands, you can come back, and I'm going to close with this. Once we're, once we're willing to rest, and once we're willing to recognize his voice and to work at that and tune in our antennas just a little bit, and if we're saying, yeah, God, if you call me to it, I'll be willing to release some things in my life that could be slowing me down and I didn't even realize it, then we're in a spot and we're in a posture where we can receive the promise that God has for us, where we can receive the blessing that he has for us. I can't lift my hands in worship and surrender to the king of kings when, it's, when they're full of junk. When I'm weighted down by a bunch of stuff that might be important to me and might, be, might matter to me, but I, I'm not freed up to worship. I'm not freed up to receive what he has for me. Like, remember what John said in 2, 7. Like, anyone with ears to hear must listen and understand what the Spirit is saying to the churches. That's what he called us to as a church and what he's calling us to as King's Church. Listen, God has not stopped speaking. I just want to say that today as we close. Like, some of us think that God spoke in the past and he wrote the Bible and he spoke through prophets and things like that and then like now he doesn't speak anymore but he does. He's a communicating speaking God that's never going to change and that's never going to go away. If you don't think that you're hearing from God it's because you haven't learned to recognize his voice. Maybe you haven't disciplined yourself to get quiet. Maybe you haven't even given him a shot. Maybe you haven't tried it and I just want to say today like is there anybody that's willing to say God if you will call me outside of my comfort zone if you'll call me to release some things that I've placed too much value on in my life, then I'd be willing to take that journey with you. I'd be willing to trust you in that because here's, here's what I know, King's Church, is that we are coming into a season when God is gonna require us to do some things both as individuals and as a church they're going to require us being willing to take a step of faith. They're going to require us being willing to step outside of our comfort zone, to do things that we've never done before, to take territory that we've never taken before, to risk beyond recovery. And there's going to be moments and seasons where we're going to have to be able to say, God, if you're calling me to release something, if you're calling me to a new level of faith and trust in you, then, then I'm willing to receive it. I'm willing to trust you for it. I'm willing to follow your lead. Like if the voice of the good shepherd speaks in your life, King's Church, will you be willing to listen? Will you be willing to do the work of understanding what he's saying to you, what he's saying to us, where he's leading you, where he's taking us? I wanna invite you to stand with me today and we're just gonna, we're gonna pray. And I wanna just invite you, like if, if you're willing just as we prayed, like just, to, just as to symbolically receive what it is that the word that God could be depositing in you or speaking over your life right now, like some of you have even had like that, that weight that you've, you felt that this morning, even as I've been, I've been speaking here, like the spirit's been ministering to us in our hearts. And some of you are feeling that right now and you know exactly what it is. And if you're willing just to, to open your hands and extend them to him today, as we pray together and say, God, I'm ready. Like, I'm ready to do the hard work. I'm ready to take the step. I'm ready to release whatever it is you want me to release. Like, that's a bold prayer. That's a dangerous prayer. Don't pray it unless you mean it. But if you can pray it and you can mean it and you can earnestly desire it, he's gonna speak. He's gonna show up. He's gonna do a new work. He's gonna unveil some things in your life. There's gonna be a revelation, a new revelation. 
So if you'll pray with me today, let's, let's, just, let's just pray to him for a second. Father, we love you. And God, we want to hear your voice. We believe you are a speaking God. We believe you are a communicating God. We believe that you, with the power of your voice, God spoke us into existence and spoke this entire world into existence. And God, today we also know that you love us, that you desire to know us personally and intimately. Father, that you have now rhema words for us and you have now rhema words for our church. And so today, God, we just say that we receive your word for us, God. We receive your direction. We receive your leadership, God. We want to tune our hearts to your voice. We want to know what you sound like. We want to be so familiar with who you are and what you're calling us to, God, that there's never a question. God, we want to be willing to release what it is that you ask us to release. God, we recognize this is a dangerous prayer. We recognize this is a bold prayer, God, but strengthen our faith even now in these moments, even those of us right now in this moment that are wavering, God. Gird us up, God. Give us your strength. We trust you, God. We want to trust the sound of your voice, not the things that we see around us. God, we want to know you. We want to do your will, Father. We want to go where you send us. We want to go where you lead us. So God, show us your direction. Show us your glory, God. Would you fall on us in fire and in power like you did in Acts on the day of Pentecost, God. We want to speak your language. We want to be your church, Father, in every possible sense of the word. So God, today, we say that we're yours. We want to lift empty hands to you, God. We want to be open to receiving what it is you have for us. God, I just pray in this season that you would begin to speak more clearly than you ever have. God, we give you, we give you that open invitation in our life to speak clearly, God, and to convict clearly, Father, and to direct clearly in our lives. Jesus, would you do what only you can do? We pray it in your name. Amen. Amen.